What's up, everyone, and welcome to the FitBeat Report podcast. I'm your host, Christina. For those of you who are new, I would like to welcome you to the podcast. And for those of you who have been here before, I would like to welcome you back. Thanks so much for tuning in and lending me your ears. I hope you enjoy this new episode. So what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm your host, Christina. We have a special guest today on today's episode. We have Maria Foster, blogger, influencer from businesswoman, entrepreneur from Dallas, Texas. So please stay tuned for this next episode. You don't want to miss it. She's going to be sharing so much value, so much knowledge about her industry, what she does, what it's like being an influencer on social media, and so much more jewels and how to get to the bag. So if that interests you, keep on listening. Okay. Okay, guys. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We have our special guest, Maria Foster. Hello. How are you? Hi, Christina. And also excited that it's Friday, right? Yes. I'm so glad that it's Friday. Oh, my goodness. It's great. I have had such a uh, long week. I can't believe that it's this it's already Friday. It went like in the blink of an eye. So it definitely um, just like makes me happy that it's it's here already. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So Maria, you are from Dallas, Texas. So tell me a little bit, how did you get into um, influencer marketing and what was your drive and desire behind being an influencer on social media? Um, so it's funny how it started when... Instagram was like growing. This is just a couple years back. Um, I was already a makeup artist. I did it part-time nights and weekends. And I thought, you know, with my love for fashion and makeup tips, I could start my own Instagram. And so I started it just for that, to share my outfits, um, do makeup tutorials, and just share tips and tricks with my audience. Not knowing anything about influencing. It was just, I didn't even know people got paid. I didn't realize people did it full time. I always thought you had to be a huge YouTube star, huge California girl who had all these millions of followers to ever get paid. And then about two years ago, I want to say I've I've only been, or maybe a year ago, I met um, a local girl gang, if you will, And they really introduced me to the money and business side of it. So all this time, I was just, you know, going about posting and sharing and getting comfortable on stories, of course, um, not realizing that you could monetize. And now I get it. That's amazing. So was this blogger gang from Dallas or was this from a different part of Texas? It is. It's called Dallas Social Influencers. So when I met them, I mean, I, st- I had several thousand followers. I'd already built my Instagram, but I just didn't know the business side. I was honestly just doing it for fun because I love makeup. I love fashion and I love talking about it. I can literally talk about it all day um, and I do my makeup all the time. So it just all came so natural. Um, but again, 
you know, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I knew what I knew back then. You know, you always think that in hindsight, I wish I would have known sooner that I could have monetized it. That's great information to share. I also want to ask you, so whenever you were attending these blogger events and you were part of the social, uh, the, the influencer group, um, can you tell us a little bit about how somebody approached you, what they talked to you about and how they recommended, you know, to make money from your social media since you were just starting out? Sure. So what happened is I went to just an open invite in Dallas, Texas. Um, we were just doing what's called a photo swap. And so there I met all the ladies face to face. We all followed each other on Instagram. Um, and then we talked about doing monthly meetups. Well, there I met up um, with a, a young lady named Jocelyn. And she was the one that's over. It's called DSI or Dallas Social Influencers. And so when she got the membership going shortly after, because it, it was all just meet, free meetups once a month. And then it turned into a membership. Once it became a membership, then she started teaching us or showing us how to monetize. And so for me, um, we became really close. And so as a girlfriend really is how she taught me because I began to ask questions like, hey, how come this person gets to do this? How, how do I get an invite to that? Or how does somebody start to get noticed by these brands? Or how do I get a deal? Um, I want a piece of the pie too. And I don't understand, do they work for an agency? You know, do they do this full time? Um, and so she really took me under her wing and showed me. And after, you know, like a couple of times and after a few months, I began to do my own research online and then it just took off. That's awesome. So who was your first paid cl customer client brand that you worked with online? Oh, goodness. I'm trying to think. Um, because it's been a while. I would have to say there's a platform that influencers use called Maverick. Okay. And I think it was a brand there, but I can't I can't recall on the top of my head. One of the earlier ones was probably Whataburger. Whataburger. Oh my gosh, that's big in Texas. So that's a big brand that you actually so you promoted oh, Yep, I've I've done a couple of um Whataburger campaigns. And of course, it's Texas treasure. I mean, it's a staple here. Um, everybody loves Whataburger. So it's one of the ones that probably stick, sticks out the most as one of my first paid campaigns. Hey, that's really awesome. So that was a taste of the burger, a taste of the pie that you got with Whataburger being one of your first ones. Um, shortly after that, um, have you continued to use different platforms to find other brand opportunities? to also uh, monetize? Absolutely. So when I realized that there are actual platforms that influencers use, I signed up for those, as well as a huge turning point for me when I met Dallas Social Influencers, when I met Jocelyn. I, right before I had met Jocelyn, I actually met a photographer named Sarah, and she's a Dallas-based photographer. So it was it kind of like everything happened at the same time, if you will. I meet Jocelyn with Dallas Social Influencers. Two weeks prior to that or so, I had met Sarah. And what I did is I started hiring Sarah to do my pictures. Because one of the things that I noticed is quality content matters. And I was using a camera. So I did, I did invest in a used camera, by the way. Don't ever feel like you have to buy a brand new $1,000 camera. I bought a used camera from Amazon, or you can always get one on Marketplace. A lot of people, especially people who travel for a living, 
they buy cameras and end up not liking it and sell it for half the price. So I began to take pictures with Sarah and, you know, I don't do it all the time. Obviously she's not like a full-time photographer, but when she started taking my pictures and I started posting better quality content and then with me posting Whataburger and maybe another local brand here and there, I started getting emails of invitations to blogger events or, or other products. So I think posting those collabs as well as having good quality content will start to get you noticed. Okay, right. I mean, I love those tips that you just gave. And if you guys um, didn't catch that, the platforms that Maria is talking about, can you get, can you tell them one more time, Maria, so that they can listen again and they can know. Sure. So one of the platforms I use, and I might need to um, just look at my phone really quick. Um, my favorite one is Maverick. That's a good one. And um, there's, oh my goodness, there's so many. A Heartbeat is another one. Um, another one is, uh, I'm trying to look. Um, I just don't have them off the, off the top of my head, so I apologize. No, you're okay. I think. And then, of course, pitching to brands, which is you know brings us into a whole other um, area of opportunity for you to monetize and make money when you're pitching the things that you want from brands. I'm so glad that you brought that up because a lot of people don't realize that it's also pitching. Many people think that they're just on social media and they're just creating content and they're just posting pictures you know, just wishing and hoping that they'll be found. There's actually a strategy behind this and there's actually a method to this as well. So one of the, you know, methods that you gave us is of course using these platforms so that you can be found amongst all the sea of influencers, especially on Instagram. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the pitching? How did you develop your pitching? How did you start and what led you um, onto your first pitch? How did you, how did you land to the bag on your first pitch? Sure. So actually, I started pitching over. Um, I wouldn't say we were quarantined yet. I think it was after we opened back up. I'm like, I've got time, right? Because everything's kind of shut down. And I'm like, there's no excuse anymore. So there's two things you can do. You can um, use an app called Canva to form yourself a media kit. And a media kit, all it is, is anywhere from one to three pages. I have three pages and I'll explain the difference. Um, that is your social media resume. So just like you have a resume when you're applying for a job that shows your you know, job history and your skill set, that is what the media kit is for Instagram. So what I did was, I, you know, I pulled up Canva, but I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'm just not that person. I got a little bit overwhelmed. And you have to basically build it by, by scratch. And so I don't know what made me think of this. I went on Etsy because I was going to buy covers for my highlights. And I saw that you could buy templates for your media kit for 15 bucks. I think I paid. I got three pages and all it is is fillable forms. So I got one that matches my brand. So that's another thing. Your media kit needs to match you, your personality and your niche whether it's fashion, beauty, or all the above. So I got one that had my colors, which are like pink and gold and white. And I got three pages. One is about me and one is about my past collaborations and what I've done and my follower count. It's a lot of data in it. And then the third one, I don't send out unless they ask, and that's my rate sheet. So once I prepared that, 
which that took a minute, you know, but here's what I did. Cause it could be daunting. I mean, it's three pages, but you're putting a lot of stuff in there. I just laid in my bed, you know, propped up and just, you know, had the TV on and then just went at it. Um, so once I did that, that was like the biggest piece. Then I thought, okay, how am I going to pitch? Now, some people have pitching templates um, and I have one that I've gathered from other folks, but I want to say this, make sure you customize and tailor your pitch to each brand, just like you would with a business, right? So for example, if you're going for a position that's mainly sales, you're going to almost change your wording or things to fit the sales job or marketing. So when you're pitching the brands, yes, you have your media kit, but in your sales pitch, it needs to talk about the brand. Um, you need to talk about how you've been following them and why you love them. And then what can you do for them? So the biggest mistake that influencers make when pitching to brands is they want to talk about themselves. I've got, you know, 13,000 followers and I have great engagement and I, 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 I. And, and. So what you have to talk about is you have to look at it from their standpoint, which is what can you do for me? Why should I choose you and why should I pay you? And what's going to set you apart from the rest? So you can talk about, yes, you have good engagement, but expand on that. You know, I do these series on my stories, on which I do Hot Topic Tuesday, or, you know, I've done these past collabs, see these prior posts. I always give them links to prior posts so they can see quality pictures. I talk about the photographer that I use um, and how the content's going to be, you know, here, you're going to pay, but this is what the type of content you're going to get. Um, and then just, again, tailor it to the brand and what you can do for them and why, which can be daunting that, you know, but that's why you have to choose brands that you're passionate about, because then it's not so hard. Or, for example, with the summer coming up, maybe you want to talk about, um, um, I, I don't know, what was, uh, I think the brand was Blue Lizard. Um but I pitched them last year and I never heard back, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try again. My point is now that it's summer, we're going to begin using sunscreen, right? And I love beauty and I love skincare. So that's, that's an easy thing, right? Summer's coming up. I want to talk to my followers about the importance of, of sunscreen and why it's important um, to use it on your skin. And so I would use that as a segue for my pitch uh, when pitching, let's say a sunscreen brand. Um, and also don't get discouraged. I get told no all the time and people are shocked when I tell them that I have gotten left on red. I have gotten no responses. And yet on the opposite side, I've done it to brands myself. There's a lot of brands that can't pay. And I tell them, no, I just I don't have the time or the bandwidth to do a collab for a gift. But when I do, there are times that I do or if it's a brand that I love or because I'm a makeup junkie. Hello. If it's a free palette, it could be $10. Of course, I'm going to do it because I love it. So take that into consideration as well whenever you're accepting the collaborations. So get, get your media kit. You can buy it on Etsy or create your own on Canva. Then get a pitch template ready. You can create one for yourself. But then, of course, make sure you edit it to fit the brand and why you love the brand and why you want to work with them. That's great. Can you tell me? How many times do you usually regularly pitch a brand? Is there a certain amount of times that they need to pitch a brand? When they do pitch a brand, um, do you think that they should also continue to um, email them every single day or email them once a week? How does that uh, look for, like 
and how, um, you know, how, how, what helpful tips can you give them? Sure. So definitely, if you're wanting to do this full time, you need to probably be pitching at least 10 brands a month. That's minimum, I would say. And I know that's a lot because you've got to find the contacts. Because I do this part time, I would say I probably pitch three to five, but that's including restaurants, um, local restaurants here. And I do follow up. If I don't hear from them, I'll follow up in about a week and then follow up in about a week after that. I do about three follow ups and then that's it. Um, then I kind of look at what I sent them, you know, could I have done anything differently? And sometimes did you send it to the right contact? And, and with, um, COVID last year, you know, a lot of, um, companies, they moved around, they moved people around, people were laid off. So some of my contacts from last year, they're no longer working for those marketing companies. Um, so, you know, make sure you've got the right contact and what you can do, what I do sometimes is I'll DM the account. And I'll ask them who the contact is. Hi, you know, I just I want to discuss a future partnership. Who is over your marketing and social media relations? I would like, you know, their contact information. And they've sent it to me before many times. Wow, that's amazing advice. And that's great tips. And that's great information, guys. I hope that y'all are taking notes as you're listening to Maria. And another thing, Maria, I want to ask you is when you're pitching your pitches, how much time do you spend researching how to um, pitch the pitch or send the email the right information to each person? How much time are you spending researching the company, researching the brand and researching to know what to say in your pitch? Oh my goodness. I don't know about time. It's, it depends. Do I already use the brand? Am I already a customer? Am I a fan girl? But what I suggest is this first, Big mistake. Do not pitch a brand if you're not following them on social media. That's embarrassing and people do it. So make sure you're following them on Instagram, you're following them on Facebook, you're following them on all the platforms that you use, TikTok. Because if you're leveraging TikTok or YouTube, um, then make sure on TikTok, you know, you're following the brand. And if the brand has a YouTube channel, follow that, that YouTube channel if they have one. So that's one. Two, I look at the website and kind of get the vibe and the feel for their culture. So I think that's important. And then I also look at their goals. So a lot of times um, brands have like a vision or goals or culture that they talk about um, for their company. So I look at that because sometimes I might take words from that to use. Um, and then to what they represent. So who's like the CEO? Um, did they get somebody new? You know, is there anything going on with the organization? So I, I do I do research and 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 spend quite a bit of time uh, making sure that I know the company. Great, great, great information. So now that you know we've we've gave gave so much great value to those who um, are have their following, know their aesthetics, um, know exactly um, what style they are on social media. So for those who are just now starting out and want to become an influencer online or want to do this, um, what advice would you give them? And can you also give us, um, can you put yourself back when you first started? How long ago was that? And also too, can you give us some um, some tips or you know something that you wish that you did know now that you didn't know then? Oh, goodness. The list. the list. And that's funny because you make so many mistakes. Um, so it's been a few years. And I would say the number one mistake at the beginning was 
the picture quality. But y'all, I used to take pictures in front of my door with a phone. That's what I used to do. I mean, who's going to hire me? <laughs> so that's how it started. Take natural pictures outside. You can use your iPhone if you can't afford a camera. Don't go into debt. But then use natural lighting. That's number one. So quality pictures, natural lighting. Huge mistake. Um, next is um, on your post, what you're going to share with your audience. So back in the days, and you probably remember, and please don't make fun of me, I used to put like Drake quotes, Drake or like trending song lyrics as my post. Like that's what I would put. And if you think about it, if you're following me and you read that, you're like, oh, okay, okay. Like, what does that even mean? Okay, girl, like, you know, cute pic. Um, but remember on your captions, what value are you bringing your audience? And I still work at this every day. So this is something that's ongoing for me. That is something that, that I can slack on sometimes. Every single post needs to be some kind of value. Are you giving your audience a tip? So for me, I try to give a makeup tip or like a style tip. Or are you sharing a place? And if you're sharing a place that you visited, traveled to, or a restaurant, what was your favorite dish? What did you like about it? Um, what set it aside from another place? Or you can also do something that's funny, right? If it's trending um, and it's a funny video, that's okay too, right? You don't have to have some big caption for that, but make sure it's relevant. So again, almost like I said, when you're pitching, what is it for that? What's in it for them? Same thing that the influencer needs to think about. Nobody cares what I'm doing necessarily. It's what I'm giving them, the value that I give them. Hey, go here. Here's why. The, the music is amazing. Um, the staff was friendly. The food was great. Or here, I love this product because it's under $10 and it's affordable. A lot of the things that I share, it's for you know something that everyone could afford. I don't do a lot of high-end things because I don't shop high -end, a lot of high-end, right? I want the most for my buck. And so I share those things. Make sure you're bringing value, not just Drake lyrics that are trending in a new hot song. Like you have to be giving something because what'll happen is when you give a value, then they're going to share that post with their friends or save the post. And shares and saves helps you with the algorithm. That's such great tips, such great information. So when someone is trying to give value and they really don't know, they're first starting out, they're starting, they're trying to decide what value they want to bring. How did how are you able to determine what value you were bringing, and how are you able to know exactly? what value set you apart from the other social social influencers? Sure. Um, so at first I was kind of stumped, right? When I learned this whole caption has to be some type of value, um, more so than not. Anyways, I mean, don't feel like every single one, you've got to just give all this information. Um, because I already was a makeup artist, I would do the makeup reels and I would do tips on my stories. So I'm giving people something, a reason, to follow me. And then with the fashion, I would do fashion tips. So those things came easy. And then sometimes I'll do skincare and I'll do hacks. A lot of people love hacks. Now, don't get discouraged. Well, I have this hack, but I know other people have shared it, but it's not you. You're putting your twist to it and your way to it. So don't feel discouraged on those hacks. In fact, 
most people want those. When I do my hacks, people are like, whoa, I would have never, you know, I didn't know that. And you'd be surprised thinking like, oh, everybody probably knows about this hack. They've seen it, but not everybody has. So for those who are starting out, and I'm going to go back um, to the days when you first were starting out and you're trying to figure out what caption to write. What was the turning point or how did, when did you realize like that the value that what needed to be given was in your caption? How did you know how important that was compared to now that you are a little bit more experienced and you have a lot more strategy behind what you, what your caption says and the value that you bring? So before, mm -hmm. so you're asking how I, I'm sorry, can you rephrase the question? So before when you first had, had started and you didn't know what, how do, some people don't know what to yeah. post, they don't know what to write. And so I want to, you know, tell them how what it because you were there at one point at one moment I think we all are when we first start there and then to where someone who's listening who's already experienced has their aesthetics kind of knows what is the difference um when you didn't know what to post how did you learn and now that you do know and you do post more strategically um how do you do that strategically sure so the biggest difference is engagement and the shares and and it's, it's very obvious because Instagram will tell you how many people shared the post or how many people saved the post, which means they're listening, they're reading and they like it. And then the engagement, the comments, the likes, the, those grew as I built my community as well. Um, so that's how I knew that the strategy and the tips and the value is important because when I started to do it, it was a turning point for me. It was like an aha moment um, because the likes and the engagement was higher. But I had to get my audience used to that too. That I'm gonna I'm gonna start feeding you these tips as well so that you could follow me. That's um, information. I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, and how about when you first started? And, you know, you were new to the camera, you were new in front, front of the camera, you know, and like you said, you were taking photos in front of a, um, you know, a door, who's going to want to contract you or want to work with you again. I mean, what, what was the aha moment that made you realize, wow, my photos really need to be different? Was it when you attended a, a social influencer event that actually helped you? to determine that? Or was that something that you kind of just um, had the aha moment from you really wanted this, you wanted to make this happen? I just, I had the aha moment and I started looking at other bloggers that had much more following than I did. And I started looking at it with a different eye. So I'm like, okay, from a business perspective, not a fan, Right. Because I was following because I'm a fan. I, I have bloggers I follow as well and influencers that I love. I started looking at their aesthetics and I was like, what makes makes their page better than mine? And I hate to say better or, or what makes it more appealing? And the number one thing is the quality of their pictures. They're, I mean, have you seen the big bloggers that got one million, two million? I mean, the quality of their pictures are just there. And so I was like two things. I told my husband, either we're going to have to like take the plunge and get like a $2,000 camera or hire in the meantime. And I've just been hiring Sarah in the meantime. I'm still not there to get the camera just because too, she has the eye for it. And I would have to train my husband and that's just a whole other expense. <laughs> so 
yeah, there's nothing like having another person shoot you versus you shooting yourself. So I completely understand that. That definitely is something that's very helpful. Um, tell me a little bit about when you are planning out your shoots, when you are planning out your content, what are some tips that you can give um, to some of our listeners on how you plan your content um, and how does that look like with you and Sarah? Absolutely. Yeah. We actually just had a photo shoot. She also shoots my content for my boutique. So what I do is I look ahead. Um, so we're in March. We've got April coming up. So I look at any holidays, um, any national days that are recognized. Like, you know, we have ice cream day, donut day, pizza day, you know, what's coming up in April. And then I look at the trends. So what what are the fashion trends right now? What's hot? What's trending? What are the Kardashians wearing? Or is everybody vacationing? So I, you know, part of what we do is staying up, not just with the trends, but just with what's going on in the world and what the buzz is. And so I look at a calendar, look at those dates, look, of course, at what I like to wear, because that plays a part, how I dress um, and then finding things that I love. And, and I usually purchase it. And then we, we definitely we shoot ahead and then I mix and match what I can. Don't go broke, especially if you're a fashion blogger, um, you can do secondhand. You can also mix and match solid colors. And so I plan all my outfits ahead uh, with the jewelry, with the handbags. I put it all in a suitcase, which I learned that because the first time I shot with Sarah, I didn't have a suitcase. I had a duffel bag and I was carrying this big duffel bag everywhere. And then just just get a suitcase with wheels so you can get one. You can go to Ross or TJ Maxx. You don't have to spend a lot of money, uh, 20, 40 bucks, because um, now they have duffel bags with wheels. So I plan it all the night before, sometimes a week leading up to it because I'll start to see what I need if I need anything. Um, and then I plan my outfits. And when Sarah and I first shot um, the hour, I think I had like three outfits because I was just so slow. And now I'm averaging at least six outfits in an hour. Six outfits in an hour. Wow. So you work fast. I'm very fast. <laughs> yeah, awesome. She's like, you're so fast. I just, I've got it now, now that I've, and then you improvise too. So like, if you know, you have earrings, um, I do the outfits on a sequence that makes sense. So if I've got like a bodysuit and jeans, and then let's say it's in the fall, I can do a button up. I'll just put it over the bodysuit or, you know, I'll put a top over the bodysuit. So I, I also strategize that way because it, I know this is going to sound like really, but no, it's tiring doing these shoots sometimes because you're walking around, you're finding backgrounds. She's, you know, telling me do this, do that. And it can be tiring. I take tennis shoes now. That was another thing. I would walk around with heels, take tennis shoes, pack it in the suitcase. When you're walking around, um, put on those tennis shoes because you will get tired. Okay. That's awesome. I love how you gave everyone tips on wearing tennis shoes, um, making sure you get a suitcase, to go with you. Now I want to ask you, how do you plan out your locations? Do you, do you scout your locations ahead of time or do you just like go with the flow? So I don't scout them because I mainly shoot in three places, but that's because my style of photos that I love are city style or like shopping. So I think like, where would I normally shop at? What looks like it's a shopping area? And that's where I try to shoot. So any shopping area that's not too busy that we can go and shoot, that's what I like. Now, 
if it's a certain type of shoot that you're doing, I could see. So for example, for my birthday last year, and I'll probably recycle those pictures for this year's birthday. Um, there was a certain look I wanted and there I scouted a park. Um, I looked for a park that was close to me, went and looked at it and make sure it would work. And then that's the one that we used. I also, if you can't physically go, if you're like, I don't want to go drive around, um, go under the hashtags or the location on Instagram because you can see if other bloggers have shot there and how they've shot. Great. Yeah, no, it is. And it's definitely a job and it, it is a daytime job. So how many hours do you guys spend shooting? And after that, I mean, how long does it take you to edit your photos and then actually, you know, be ready to post? So we typically do one hour shoots unless I need an hour and a half, but usually it's one hour. I do at least five outfits. And I usually get the pictures back in a week or so. It just depends how busy it is. Um, if my photographer had a lot of families and graduations or, you know, a lot of pics with other bloggers, it may be up to a week and a half. But sometimes I get them within a couple of days. Awesome. Great. So I want to take you um, back from the very beginning of your entrepreneur journey, because I know also you are an entrepreneur. You're not just a social influencer, but you're also an entrepreneur. Um, I like. I would like to know, and I want my, you know, I want the audience to also know, you know, what um, what makes a social media influencer um, online who is able to, you know manage a business and manage her home and also manage her social media life online. How do you do this? Oh my goodness. I get asked this all the time. I do have a full-time career. I do, you know, have um, three other businesses that I run because um, I'm a makeup artist as well. I think for me, because my children are older and that's what I tell other moms my children are older and so I'm able to do it now versus in my 20s. I couldn't because they were younger. So that's one. Two, I'm just passionate about it. For me, I just love helping women and I love giving tips and tricks. I mean, to me, it's not necessarily work either, um, but I it does take balance. And there are some times that I feel like I need to pump the brakes. And so what I'll do is I'll just slow it down on one of the three. So, you know, like right now I'm doing pop-ups with my boutique and I'm kind of pushing that in the spring, but I'm, you know, I booked up some weddings on my makeup business, but I'm not taking any more new clients right now. So that's what I mean by that. I'll put a stop on it so that the weekends I can focus on the pop-ups. You know, if it's a big wedding or if it's enough, I might take it on, but I've already booked like five weddings. So right now it's like, okay, the, the makeup is going to be at a pause while I push the boutique. And sometimes I can juggle it all. What happened is last year, because of COVID, the makeup business wasn't as busy. And so to supplement that, I thought, let me open up a boutique and another line of, you know, another stream. Um, and now that it's open again here in Texas, the phone calls are coming in for the makeup. I mean, I've booked four or five weddings already and it's not, it's March 12th. And I'm, I mean, and there's some that I can't do because they're during the week. And because I have a full-time career, um, I just pass those on to my makeup friends. So it's going to be interesting now that we're open, how the makeup industry is going to come back, even though we've been back. I mean, I did weddings last year, um, but that's certainly going to pick up for, for folks. Hair, nails, makeup, It's now that we're open, it's all about to pick up. But I would say just 
balancing and making sure that you're still taking care of yourself and that you're still having fun and you enjoy it. So that's a big piece of it. I love what I do. And so, you know, helping women and, and seeing them feel beautiful with the makeup or, you know, thank you for that style tip. I bought this shirt. I got so many compliments on it. I love getting those messages from my followers. Yeah, I think that truly is rewarding when you finally get to um, hear someone else, um, you know, acknowledge and see your hard work that you do put in because other people do take notice, right? Other people are watching and other people are seeing what you're doing. And you definitely stand out and you definitely are a role model. I mean, you remind me of Selena. So I, <laughs> I absolutely love your content as well. Um, you crack me up. Your to uh, topic Tuesdays are really great. So if you guys haven't followed her already, can you please tell our followers where we can find you on social media? And also to um, if anyone is in Dallas, where you have pop-ups at and where we can also, they can also find your boutique online. Sure. So my social media is at miss underscore Bella underscore Maria. So I'm on Instagram. It's the same on clubhouse and TikTok. Um, and again, it's MRS underscore Bella underscore Maria. My boutique is similar. It's called wild Bella boutique with underscores underneath each word. So wild underscore Bella underscore boutique. Um, my pop-ups right now are in Louisville, Texas, but they're growing um, as pop-ups are starting to, you know, come about. I've already got um, two scheduled this month for Saturdays. Um, and then as far as um, the makeup business, you can actually DM me on Instagram. I do post when I do girls on stories, but I have a portfolio that I that I saved. I've thought about doing a separate makeup page, but girl, I don't think I can handle it. You know, with just putting client pictures, I've I thought about it this year, but I just don't know if I'd be able to manage it. But I do have a portfolio of work that I share with people if you do want to see my work and hire me as your makeup artist. Great, guys. And also, too, I'll be providing these links for you guys on the podcast so you can find her and you can connect with her there. And you can also check out her boutique. She has such amazing and cute outfits. I definitely have to get as women supporting women because that definitely is something that I truly believe in. So, Maria, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, sharing your information with us, and providing our followers and our listeners with some very great information um, that they can definitely benefit with. So, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor for me. I love networking and helping other women out, however it is. So, my DMs are always open. And Christina, I'm just so excited to continue to grow our friendship and continue to know each other. Yes. Thank so yes. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So if you please want to um, go ahead and click that subscribe button, uh, this episode will be live next week. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, The Fit Report. Until next time, guys, love and peace always. Bye, guys. Bye.